at the very, very end of January, my wife and I got a notification that our neighbor had had a tree fall on their house and they had to get an inspection done. And the inspector was old school in the area, looked at our house and said, that's not at the code. But we were like, oh, it's going to be great. I'll be starting back a show again. So our savings is going to be depleted. We'll build it back up. It's going to be fine. As soon as COVID happened, my wife and I ended up finding out that she got COVID. For about 20 hours a day, she was in the bed. She was taking Tylenol, but then her temperature dropped down to like the low 95s, which anything below 95 is hypothermia. If she got very cold and chilled and, and her temperature was starting to drop and she took her temperature, we would throw her in the shower. She'd get in the shower and get hot like that. But then we also had to have a pool, big bath. And we would draw water in there that would sit at room temperature. So it would be around 70 degrees. So if she started going too hot, we could put her, she could jump in there and cool herself down. And that lasted about six and a half, seven weeks. And then after that, we kind of quarantined ourselves on top of that. So in the middle of all of this, all I'm doing is watching after the house, trying to set everything up for digital learning for my older two daughters. We had to set up and spend all this money getting them set up, learn that a bunch of our family and friends were sick and trying to see what we could do from afar with no income. All three of the jobs I had completely shut down and went away when COVID happened. Oh. So I was basically out of work for nine months and blew my entire savings. We looked at it and said, do we need to get a loan for this or can we go ahead and just, you know, exhaust our savings? Exhaust the savings. We'll do that because I got other shows lined up. It's going to be great. How would you describe 2020 for you in one word? I'm assuming I can't use profanity. Hello and welcome to Year of the Pivot on the Beyond Networking Podcast. This season, we're learning from individuals and organizations who made monumental shifts in 2020 in order to keep their business alive and continue their mission. I'm your host, Brian Miller, an author, speaker, and consultant on human connection. Today's featured pivoter is Alan Williams. Alan is an audio professional in the TV and film industry. He's worked on projects like The Vampire Diaries, Spider-Man Homecoming, Creed, The Founder, Stranger Things, Cobra Kai, Avengers Infinity War, and some big name projects as well. In this conversation, Alan walks us through everything. He also teaches us exactly what a boom operator is, how the TV and film industry economy works, and why its shutdown was so destructive to local businesses across America, not just the actors and immediate crew, plus how the industry changed in order to safely return to work eventually. We also learn about Alan's personal pivot driven by generosity and charity, which is something we've hardly heard at all this season of the podcast. I met Alan because we both run YouTube channels about audio education, and if you only know me through my work in Human Connection or the podcast or my blog, you may not know that I have a background in audio engineering, it's a passion of mine, and so I run a YouTube channel, which is how I met Alan, who runs Sound Speeds on YouTube. Check the show notes for all the ways to connect with Alan. Head to yearofthepivot.com for the Pivot Power newsletter. Get notified when a new episode drops, the Pivot Pearl of the Week, and gain access to exclusive live streams, masterminds, and clubhouse get-togethers. And now I bring you Alan Williams. This episode was made possible by Riverside.fm. 
Capture full, high-quality, raw audio in up to 4K video natively and without any internet interruptions. That's right, even if the internet blips out during the live call, your recording remains pristine. Head to Riverside.fm for your free trial and a big thank you for sponsoring Year of the Pivot. All right, Alan, thank you so much for being here. It's good to see you again, by the way. Uh, it's great to see you as always. Yeah, man. So uh, so listen, I'm, I was really excited to have you be a part of uh, this Year of the Pivot project because you have gone through something that very few people will have any access to in even in their imagination. They can't imagine how many people in certain industries, particularly the entertainment industry, were just completely wiped out and in many ways are still really struggling. Uh, so before we get into kind of what you do in your background and all of that, what are you working on right now? Like this week, this weekend, what's on your plate? I'm working on a television show for season of Black Lightning. It's his uh, Warner Brothers production and uh, I'm the boom operator. So sound. <laughs> sound yes uh so that's cool so you're working on a warner brothers uh production I am. Do, do you work with you've mentioned them before do you work with them a lot um well it depends on the show i mean sometimes i'm working on other other projects as well paramount or you know netflix yeah. i've worked on on pretty much all of them but currently i'm working on a warner brothers show and they're treating me well and paying me a appropriate wage so i'm gonna continue with them for as long as they'll have me because they're taking good care of us, especially considering the pandemic and everything. That's awesome. So you, you said boom operator. Now, anybody who would have heard the intro I already recorded in the future, um, which is always fun, uh, the intro I already recorded, they would have heard my two-sentence description of who you are and what you do. But why don't you describe for us what a boom operator is for the folks who are not audio-minded like we are? Okay. You would think that a boom operator is the person that holds a pole with a microphone over the actors. but the the God's honest truth of it is that a boom operator is the person in charge of making sure that everything that is important to capturing the sound as it's scripted and going to be out in the show is captured. And you could easily say the sound mixer is the recordist, but the boom operator is technically called the microphone placement technician, meaning that if there is a microphone to be placed, I will place it. If I need to put a, a plant microphone in some place, I'll do that. If I need to put a second boom someplace, I'll do that. I need to also make sure that the signal to noise ratio is at its very highest. So that way we have as quiet of an environment as possible. I do what's called running the set for the sound department, meaning that I'm the person that will be on set. If I hear a sound, I'll address it. I have to make sure that that's done. So that's a big part of what I do because it's, you know, if you walk into a restaurant, it's a lot, it's very noisy. And I go in there and I will, I can't just start flipping breakers because the electricians are going to be using some of that too. Yeah. So what I have to do is coordinate with different departments to make sure that we get what we need done so that way it is quiet. And if the, the restaurant or location that we're at says, we really can't shut down all these coolers, I can say, I, I can, you know, bring ideas to them like, let's move everything into a deeper freezer if that's possible. That way we can shut down all the ones closer to set. And they're usually willing to accommodate. Um, on another show that I did, for example, we were shooting in someone's house. And they said the refrigerator can't go off because we have breast milk in there and it's going to expire. So I said, well, can we get the homeowner to perhaps uh, – our, our craft services freezers are amazing. So I said, 
can the homeowner perhaps assist us in relocating it to a cooler and putting it in our freezers on the crafty trailer? And they were more than happy to do that. So we were able to kill the refrigerator. So little things like that are, are some of the, the ideas outside the box and, and what I oversee in the facilitation of my job. I have to understand the script in order to know the line so I can cue the microphone to exactly who is going to be speaking, not after they started speaking, but anticipating and getting there before they do. And if I can't, I got to make sure that that is covered, especially when they're on camera. So there's a whole lot to it. And I could fill up this entire 30 minutes just by telling you about my responsibilities. But instead, watch my 3BO series. In my intro, I explain a big outline of everything I do. So basically, you hold the pole where the microphone goes. That's, yes, that's what exactly. you're saying. That's exactly it. <laughs> right. So people have that in their head. That's, you know, the guy that following around when they watch the behind the scenes on their DVD, DVD, that just aged yeah. me. Nobody's watching DVDs yeah. anymore. You know, I used to love getting the DVD for the behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I feel like you don't see yes. any behind the scenes things anymore because you don't have the DVDs, actually. And if Maybe you buy the digital topic. copies, they'll usually throw those at the end. So you got to fast forward through the entire movie in order yeah. to get to the special features. And then... It's usually very weird the way they format it. It's yeah. I miss I miss DVDs and Blu-ray sets. Yeah, no, I I, I do that that uh, that just that just hit me as I said that. I'm like, wow, I, there's a whole lot you miss by just streaming. But so okay, so obviously, raise there's your a kids, lot right? People, let them know the behind the scenes stuff. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> uh, so there's clearly so many different things that you do on set um, that make me think that you were ready in terms of your mindset for a pivot, although maybe not a pivot quite as big as we saw in 2020, that you're used to having to quickly adapt to different things, um, different Very looks, much. different perspectives, unexpected uh, unexpected things. So um, in, in that case, tell me about your 2020. Let's start with just going back to kind of right before COVID, what were you working on? Like, where was your head at before, you know, maybe Feb, mid-February? Well, oh, there's something happening. Let me start really back, back up. That. Let me just start at the beginning because it's okay. it's a lot easier if I just do that. Do that. At the very beginning for the first two weeks of, the, of January 2020, I was finishing up Black Lightning season three. As soon as that finished, as soon as that show finished, I had had a year and a half, no, probably more than that, going back to back with shows where I would finish on a Friday one show and I would start on Monday on another show. I'd gone to Black Lightning directly after P-Valley. After P, uh, before P-Valley, I was on a movie called Devil All the Time on Netflix. So it was nonstop show to show to show. And that's the way I like to do it. I like to keep myself busy. But following, the, following Black Lightning season, season three, we knew we were going to have a couple of weeks or a couple of months off, a little bit less. And then we had three other shows lined up. We had a, sh- a pilot which is kind of, which is called the Untitled Project now, and they're currently shooting it. And then I was going to be going into another television series right after that, and then going right into Black Lightning Season 4. And so at the very, very end of January, my wife and I got a notification that our neighbor had had a tree fall on their house, and they had to get an inspection done. And the inspector was old school in the area, looked at our house and said, that's not up to code. And it was when the house was built, but basically our house is built at the top of a hill, And they chopped down a whole bunch of trees to build our house. And when they did that, and with combination of the Georgia red clay and stuff, everything started to sink over the course of time as the the tree rot started to, to, you know, uh, rot. Mm. So what that meant is that we had to dig deep into our savings to hire specialist companies. And we got multiple quotes and it was not cheap to go in under the house horizontally 
to try to, to stabilize the house foundation. But we were like, oh, it's going to be great. I'll be starting back a show again, so our savings is going to be depleted. We'll build it back up. It's going to be fine. This is so painful so as to soon, listen to. <laughs> it, it, and, it, and it gets even better. As soon as COVID happened, uh, my, wife, uh, my wife and I uh, ended up finding out that she got COVID. So she was actually infected and had COVID for about six and a half, seven weeks. And she was, for about 20 hours a day, she was in the bed you know, vitals going up and down and jumping in and out of the shower. Because what we realized is that it's not just the temperature that goes up. It's also the temperature that goes down. After the first four days, her temperature wasn't spiking anymore. It was dropping. Mm-hmm. And we, she was originally taking Tylenol because, you know, there was that early report about ibuprofen uh, potentially making it worse. So she was taking Tylenol, but then her temperature dropped down to the, like the low 95s, which anything below 95 is hyperthermia. So we suddenly got nervous about taking about her taking any kind of medicine. So if she got very cold and chilled and, and her temperature was starting to drop and she took her temperature, we would throw her in the shower. She'd get in the shower and get hot like that. But then we also had to have a pool, big bath, and we would draw water in there that would sit at room temperature. So it would be around 70 degrees. So if she started going too hot, we could put her, she could jump in there and cool herself down. And that lasted about six and a half, seven weeks. And then after that, we kind of quarantined ourselves on top of that. So in the middle of all of this, all I'm doing is watching after the house, trying to set everything up for digital learning for my older two daughters. My younger daughter was trying to figure out why she was going to school on Friday. She was four at the time. And then all of a sudden on Monday, it's like, you can't go anywhere. You're not allowed to go anywhere ever again, basically. And so my older two daughters, they were, they were not set up for digital learning. So we had to then spend a whole bunch of money to get themselves one of them was in a um a digital music class so we had to register the reason software we had to get her a keyboard we had to do everything otherwise she would have lost the entire year year you which you have to do entirely as a as a year otherwise you don't get credit for the entire year and you can't just take an elective for certain bits so anyway we had to set up and spend all this money getting them set up because when we came back in fall they were like oh we'll loan you laptops if you don't have them wasn't an option back in fall uh, in, in spring. So we were very caught back by that when my wife was taken, you know, and, and basically 20 hours a day upstairs in having breathing issues the whole entire time. When she finally got better, it was then trying to play catch up and learn that a bunch of our family and friends were sick and trying to see what we could do from afar with no income basically at the time because all of our productions had shut down. All three of the jobs I had completely shut down and went away when COVID happened. So it was a very slow process getting going again. But finally, I got called to fill in for uh, the end of a season six Saints and Sinners. And I filled in for three days because they ended up having somebody test positive. So they shut down for a couple of days. They retested everybody, but somebody else was supposed to pick up on that, uh, start another show. So I came in to fill in for him. Came in there, did my testing for Black Lightning season four, went through all the sexual harassment and all those kinds of meetings and the COVID awareness and sensitivity training and stuff, all of stuff, the things you have to do when you're first hired by a company. And then we could finally start the show. And that was in early October, the first week of October. Oh. So I was basically out of work for nine months and blew my entire savings in January trying to do something because the inspector had notified our city and said that you have 30 days to get this fixed. And we looked at it and said, do we need to get a loan for this or can we go ahead and just, you know, exhaust our savings? Exhaust the savings. We'll do that because I got other shows lined up. It's going to be great. Little did wow. we know. And in retrospect, if I was this point in 
time, you know, actually, oh, it's uh, at the time we're recording. This is the 23rd. The 23rd is the day that we uh, found out that our house, uh, we needed to to adjust something and figure out uh, what we needed to do uh, regarding our house foundation. So, yeah, good times. Uh, great reminder here of, of exactly a year yeah. ago. So a year well, ago today, uh, everything pretty much changed for for us and started us on this wonderful cycle. But now I'm back at work. Um, and it's ever-changing, obviously, because, you know, we're wearing the cloth masks and we're trying to distance. And they're constantly – just even before we were recording here, I was on an hour-and-a-half-long Zoom call regarding COVID compliance and, and policy changes for WB. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's constant things going on and, um, and trying to keep aware of everything also. So, good times. I mean – you know, I'm listening to all that and like, so there, there's so many different levels there, right? Because me having been yeah. in the entertainment industry, even though I, you know, wasn't really in entertainment itself anymore, all of my friends and colleagues are people I've knew for a decade plus in entertainment. So I watched yeah. everyone I knew get wiped out in the span of 36 hours, you know, like March 12th to March 14th, including myself yeah. as a live event, you know, speaker. But I knew even in that moment, even as the panic set in, I was going to be able to transition. I already knew I'd given virtual speaking engagements before once in a while, once every four months or something, you know, but I knew how to do that. And I was like, I can see this changing. I got that. But, you know, so many of my friends magicians and jugglers and comedians and solo musicians, you know, the people who they were making really good, very nice, comfortable livings. There are so many people that nobody thinks about that make all the like people only think of the the actors, right? They think of the star, yeah. maybe the director, um, but they don't think about the local mom and pop caterer that makes their whole living from doing the 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 sets, right? They don't think about the guy that's just laying down the the gaff tape and making a living doing that on on sets when i go and speak also because i will i'll speak to schools one of the things i'll do is i'll go into a high school and i'll say as part of what i do i'll say raise your hand and tell me any job that your parents do or your grandparents do or a friend of the family does and i'll tell you how that could be used by the film industry people and they'll they'll suddenly you know someone will say okay fine local print shop and i'm like oh very good Props will suddenly decide they need to get business cards made and they're not going to uh, fill up their printers because we have to put flyers all over a set. They're not going to sit, pr hit print and print out a thousand flyers for a scene. So we'll off, you know, we'll send that off to a local uh, print shop, something like that. If we need banners and posters, they're not going to make that themselves. They're going to send that to a local um, shop. And here's the thing. You don't order a lot of that stuff out of the, you know, off of Amazon or internet or not even international, but uh, from the other side of the country because – with the way that the tax incentives work is that they like you to use local businesses and you, and, and it's encouraged because they, that's part of something that a percentage of it, I believe needs to be done locally. And they want to maximize that to try to, to get maximum efficiency out of their, uh, in their, um, their incentive. So many companies and, you know, they'll raise their hands and they'll, they'll say, okay, fine. Uh, you know, and they'll throw out something like house, housekeepers. I'm like housekeepers. Okay. Very often, we'll end up hiring people to clean our stages after hours. And one of the things that they'll do is they'll hire sometimes house clean, uh, keepers because they are, are extremely good at understanding the way that industrial cleaning needs to be done and that kind of thing. The, the people that do COVID compliance and cleaning on our sets are usually led by former housekeeper experts. Um, 
in that sense. And and so people would throw out things. And they'll say, oh, yeah, well, I got one for that, too. And 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 doesn't matter what the job is. We can use it. We've rented out entire hotels. We'll rent vehicles. We will get uh, uh, vans rented out. We'll, uh, you know, get, you know, Uber, Lyft, those kind of things. Crew members get tired. And it used to be that they would just say, well, you work an 18-hour day, for uh, seven days, a, uh, you know, uh, four or five, six days a week. And then, you know, it's on you to get home safely. But now there's starting to be a change a little bit. They're taking it more seriously. A lot of productions are seeing the responsibility and they're saying, you know what? We have a company Uber account. If you don't feel safe to drive home, leave your car here. We're going to be here tomorrow and we'll get get yourself an Uber home and then Uber back the next day and the company will pay for it. Things like that didn't used to happen. And we're utilizing a lot of these newer resources. So pretty much every single aspect of the film industry relies on outside you know, jobs. And we employ a lot of people, even those that you don't ever think about. Yeah. And just all that went to zero really, I mean, just, I mean, it really went to zero. I mean, that's, that's what's so crazy is, you know, like restaurants, there was so much talk about restaurants and I, I have a lot of friends, restaurant owners, uh, local restaurant owners, and I've had them on the, the pivot project. Um, but restaurant owners, at least they're like, well, we can do takeout. Like there was something to do yeah. while we were waiting to figure out what else to do next while they were kind of figuring out their pivot. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, uh, your industry, I talked to a, um, uh, a guy who does a uh, kind of crew for big, huge touring bands, um, some really mm -hmm. famous touring bands. He was on tour with dream theater right before uh, COVID hit, like hanging out with John Petrucci, you know, giving him fist bumps right off stage. And then COVID, you know, and the music got completely shut down. And then obviously TV and movies got shut down. So first question, before we get to like how it came back and what's changed for you since it came back you didn't just do nothing between March and October. I mean, obviously you were doing with all the personal stuff, your yeah. wife, which I can't even imagine how, did you guys all, by the way, avoid getting COVID in spite of her being in the house? Yes. That's, and so that, we that talked about monumentally difficult. Well, I have three daughters and me, there's no question about it. I carry extra weight on me. Got to yeah. always keep my, my layer just in case there's a nuclear winter, I guess. <laughs> but uh, the way I look at it, and my wife and I talked about it. As soon as she got sick, I asked her if we should isolate. And I, cause I wanted her thoughts on that. And she said, you know, you were off work and you, we were constantly sitting on the sofa together and watching movies and snuggled up under the same blankets. There's really no purpose in point. We've all been exposed. If you're going to get it, you're going to get it. It's true. So we said, yeah, you're right. And none of us did, uh, except my wife. She got it. She got it for everybody. <laughs> you yeah. know, what a team player. Take one for the team. Uh, I mean, she ended up, she's she's better now. She's fine now. But, mm. you know, it did hit her really hard. And, but we were also nervous and not liking a lot of what we saw in the media regarding how they were handling it and didn't trust anybody at the beginning. So we didn't let her, and our her doctor even said, don't go to a hospital unless you really need to, because if it's not COVID, you could get COVID there. And if you have it, it could even get worse there. They're not going to give you the attention you need. And you're going to be much, much more comfortable in climate and in food and stuff at your house. And, yeah. and he's like, now, if you have breathing problems, yeah, yeah, then yeah. go in. But, you know, we, so, we, we have, you know, a nebulizer that she was able to at least use to help her breathe. Never yeah. got to the point where she was bad enough to need to go to the hospital, which was lucky. So, I mean, 
but just dealing with that emotionally, physically, it would have been enough to kind of just ground any family, anybody to a halt. Um, but you also were out of work in terms of your primary, primary work. But, but I know you, you didn't just sit and do nothing until October. There wasn't any film to go out and do boom operating for, but did you make a small pivot at least before the film industry was able to make its pivot? I mean, what were you doing in the interim? Just you, Alan? Well, one of the things that I looked at was I've always been a big advocate for helping people. I like helping people. I like always participating. To, to me, the reason why humanity has done as well as we have is because we have the ability to communicate and learn from past mistakes and to not re create them in the future. We have an ability to learn from history. That's something that a lot of creatures don't. They just rely on instinct, but we can, I can tell you something and you'll say, oh, okay, take that to heart. And whether or not you choose to accept it and move forward with that information or do your additional research, you have all those things. You can completely ignore it if you think I'm crazy. But the, the, the point here is, is that there's information available. And one of the things that the film industry has been very closed off at is instructing people on what you can and should know in order to do the job correctly. So one of the things I started a few years ago is I started teaching on my YouTube channel, Sound Speeds, because I was also teaching in the in the real world too and teaching classes there. Well, that got shut down as well. But I also teach a lot and not just, you know, on about sound, but I also communicate. I try to help people. As soon as I was able to to leave and, and, and the we weren't under quarantine anymore, there were neighbors that would say, I can't go out and get, you know, I can't leave. I can't, I have a special needs child. I can't leave the house and go to work. I've been uh, furloughed or something like that. And so one of the things that me and my wife would do after we were able to is we would go out and buy something for them and take it to them. And so it wasn't for a money, money reasons or something. We would just try to do it to be helpful and, and for a fellow human in need. But that's the kind of thing that we always do. I'm, I'm constantly aware of of different things that people are in need of. And, and as soon as the shutdown happened, everybody in the world wanted to start up a podcast. Everybody wanted to start up doing YouTube videos. Everyone wanted to start something because they weren't doing what they wanted to and what they loved anymore. And they wanted to actually continue to do it. So one of the things I found myself doing is mentoring a lot and saying, no, that's not what you should be doing. You should be doing this instead. And here's here's some things that could, could be helpful. One of my One of my friends from work, started a podcast, went absolutely nowhere with it. And just the, earlier this week was like, you know, my problems were this, this, this. And I said, what you need is you need to have a better acoustically, you know, treated space. You need to have, uh, you know, you don't want to use that microphone. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And I went ahead and sent him home with a thousand plus dollars worth of stuff just yesterday. And it's, it's one of those things where I've always, you know, believed in helping people and that kind of thing. And one of the things I also did during the shutdown was I'm very particular about a lot of the little things that I do at work. And one of the things is I like my cables to be a certain way. So I even started making cables for friends and for viewers yeah. and for other content creators that were running into issues. And I said, that's because you have a bad cable. That's because your cables are crap. And I started offering myself that way to make them cables. And I wasn't even making hardly any money off of it, very sure. little considering the amount of time I put into it. Um, and they're the kind of thing that you could put a, an electromagnet up to and it's going to resist it. So, I mean, there's a whole lot of different things that I've been doing and how I've changed 
and how we've changed just in order to try to to help our fellow man, so to speak. I know it sounds kind of trivial no. and no, weird, I mean but... it's it's not to me that's not trivial at all, you know. And and anybody who who follows my work or listens to this show won't think that that's trivial. That's to me that's the whole thing, right? It's the yeah. tiny little interactions that make huge ripples. I just I just had a blog recently at the time you and I are recording this that went out that talked about. You know, the fact that people think, well, you can't change the world. And it's like, yeah, but you can change your world. And you'd be shocked at how quickly your world becomes the world uh, when the ripples go out. So, I mean, it's it's that's really important. And I, I think you're, you're maybe the only person who's answered the question about the pivot in terms of not immediately going, well, I started doing this other way of making money or doing my job. Instead, you talked all about uh, uh, it was a mindset pivot of, well, I can't do my work, but I can still help people even if it's, I'm not making money. And that's, that's, I'm actually kind of shocked that you're like, I think the only person so far who's said anything to that effect. No, not that that's, I'm not putting down other people. Everybody mm -hmm. had to make money. I immediately had to shift my business to keep making money. I had a baby on the way yeah. and I was like, ah, uh, but I love that shift to, to, uh, helping people. And, in some ways, um, you know, you built up a bunch more of your YouTube channel um, out of that desire to teach and to help people. And it ended up being a good thing for your business and your personal brand in the long run anyway, right? Yeah, that's 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 the thing is it's it's really weird. My wife will tell you I'm terrible at business because I like to give away too much. <laughs> it's very yeah. much that way. I was I was, you know, for example, you could get a Mogami gold, gold cable that's very similar to what I would do for seventy dollars if it's you know if you if it's on the the cheap side I me them. i would make you I'd, I'd hand make a cable the way i would want to use it on a film set you know fixing the things that i've run into that i've developed workarounds for for 50 and i would send it to you for free so um and that includes you know the shipping so i would do that and so it didn't make a whole lot but it was one of those things where i was still helping people i was still bringing in some money but yeah. some of the other things i did is i i, I did a class i wasn't able to teach my classes in person anymore so I did a sound utility class because a lot of people kept saying, what about sound utilities? What about sound utilities? So I did a class that I made available for sale and that ended up selling, you know, pretty decently. So I was able to turn around and take that and pay some bills. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's to me, it's not just all about doing it for yourself. And I understand that we still all have to make money. We still have to pay bills and we still yeah. whatever. But even when it came down to me getting back to work at the end of the year, you were part of my 2020 Epic live stream where I had guests from every, you know, awesome. every, on YouTube. You went I had on guests that were presidents of, <laughs> yeah, it, it, we went on for 14 and a half hours. But, <laughs> but part of that was that we constantly kept changing things up. And, the, uh, and you know, the, the charity that we were raising money for, mm -hmm. we ended up doing really well. And I, I got a letter just from them the other day and I sent a tweet out about it, but there was a, a nice personal note also that said that, um, that they were really, really pleased that we had picked them and that kind of thing. And then I looked at uh, some of their documents online because they're extremely, they're 100% transparent. Come to find out that last year, their income, and they, they even kind of told me that it was, it was cut down about 80%. But I just learned recently, just last week when I looked it up after they received, I received their letter, I looked it up and they got only just over a million dollars in donations last year. This is an organization trying to cure children's cancer. And to me, they, they only, they, they, they missed out on all their educational uh, opportunities and, and going out and trying to fundraise in the community. 
you know, sending kids out to try to collect money at the door, that kind of thing. They missed out on all that because of COVID. And so they completely, they were in a situation where they weren't able to make money their normal way. So I went ahead and said, you know what? I'm starting to make money again. They should too. So I went ahead and uh, did, did the live stream and all proceeds went to charity. And then YouTube, since I, I'm not 10,000 subscribers or more, I couldn't set it up as a fundraising event. So YouTube takes 30% off the top of any donations. And I'd already said that any donation that came in, I was going to make sure went to them. So I ended up personally covering YouTube's 30% that they took out of it. So that way that, that it would, and so that was something that I hadn't considered. Um, But, you know, and next year, next, next year, or this year, rather, I'm going to do it a little bit differently and not involve them if I can't do it straight up as a fundraiser where a billion dollar company puts their share in as well. Because uh, I wanted to make sure that, but you know what? They didn't know. They don't have any way of knowing, but, but you know, the way, the way that I looked at it is they had, you know, a whole lot of money taken away from them. I wanted to make sure that I at least did my part and we were able to raise about $2,300. And when you think about that, that's about a fifth, one five hundredth of their entire budget for the entire year made from that live stream and the donations that came in from generous people that were also probably affected by the whole COVID shutdown. People were contributing what they could and when they could. Well, and that to me is awesome. I, you know, and it was a couple thousand dollars, but it, what's amazing, it was a couple thousand dollars from just a handful of folks sitting around talking about audio and, sound. and stuff yeah. that we love. For 14 hours. Sound for, yeah, for 14 hours. And it, it really was just a couple dozen folks all in terms of like, I mean, I'm sure you had a few, would you end up with a thousand or so views over the whole thing or how many views did you have over the whole thing? I had, I think it was 952 is the number that rings a bell. Yeah. Viewers that watch during the time. And some yeah. people watch from the beginning yeah. to the end, but which I thought was I'm, hilarious. That's what I'm And then of, I think I've gotten over another 1300 views on top of that where people have watched it. But I think the average view time for that entire thing is like 45 minutes. Yeah, something like that. No, it's extremely high. That's extremely high. Um, and and yeah. my, my point there is that like there's so much that was just a bunch of folks who like audio sitting around talking about audio and you were able to make a tangible difference in the world. Um, yeah. And, you know, imagine if, you know, people with much bigger reach and access to audiences than we have were actually doing that. Um, what kind of difference could be made? I mean, Casey Neistat and folks like that come to mind that who do actually leverage their 10 million subscribers and give a ton to charity um, mm-hmm. um, on a regular basis. But um, I, I want to I'm going to pull this in because uh, we just have a few few minutes left. Here. Absolutely. Um, I have a few specific questions that I ask everybody right at the end before sure. I do those. Um, you haven't really talked much about the movie industry or the film and TV industries pivot itself is it because there hasn't been too much of a pivot you're mostly getting checked wearing masks and back to work is it pretty much just we had to wait it out and now we're back or have there been no. substantial changes there's been substantial changes and it would t- it would take us a lot of time to go over it all but in a nutshell let's just say that we are testing doing uh, b- doing you know different company di- different productions are doing either PCRs or rapid some of them are doing doing both on my show, Warner Brothers, they're doing PCR tests on I'm red zone because I'm within six feet of the actors and the actors when they're not wearing their masks. So I'm tested four days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I'm constantly tested. We're wearing alert trace devices, which are which was formed by three different companies that came together 
last year to try to put, pull together their resources to create a separate company for contact tracing of people that are within six feet. And you can collect the you can collect the data and set the data to six feet, eight feet, ten, whatever. You can set it to uh, trigger uh, a contact if it's within a certain thing. And it's all based on Bluetooth RF signal strengths. It's really cool. Wow. I've, I've done a lot of research on it. Wow. But we're wearing those devices to use for contact tracing. We're all wearing the face mask. We this last week, they started to uh, tell us to start wearing face shields, too, because they want our eyes covered. And one of the things that I do is I constantly monitor. As soon as we started to wear the face masks, I decided I was going to uh, start checking my vitals. And I realized that my vitals were going up on average about 8 to 10 beats per minute higher by wearing a mask, maintaining the same oxygen level. And when I started wearing the face shield, I noticed that it went up about on average about 15 to 20 beats per minute even higher over that so all of a sudden my heart heart rate has more than 25 percent increase you know close you know even higher than that so i just got off the the call earlier today where i asked if we could wear some sort of goggles or glasses instead so that way we could still have the oxygen you know better because doing that my my covid compliance officer said that we could uh we could at least do it until there's a formal face mask and and um uh, face shield that's approved by Warner Brothers, and, and they've put the official out. So, um, but they're they're constantly making changes. They're constantly saying updated policy. It was originally that if you tested positive, you were sent home for ten days. Anybody you were within six feet of for fifteen or more minutes, which is CDC guidelines, mm. those people were sent home for fourteen days. They've just updated that to ten, based on new information that the CDC and the WHO has gotten together uh, and pulled together. So. We're constantly making sure that we're isolated on set. We're constantly, we have cleaning crews that come in and do enhanced cleaning, which is sanitizing every possible surface. There have been times, this last week on Monday was one of them, where we were on set, somebody in the hair and makeup de- uh, departments, two different people tested positive, but because one of our uh, our actors had been sitting in their chair, they pulled that person from set as soon as they tested positive, and they pulled them for contact tracing. They cleared out all crew for over an hour, deep uh, enhanced clean the sets and then we brought back in and said we can't do the scene anymore let's see which other actors we could bring in that were on hold and see what other scenes we could do well we started doing setting up for that it took all morning still hadn't shot anything by the time we came back from lunch and our mornings are six hours by the way we can't they they pulled back lunch uh, an hour so it was five hours when we came back we shot the wide shot only to find out that one of our costumers tested positive from a test that, that, that came back that day. So they pulled him. Then they realized that um, that he hadn't been exposed to anybody on set, but they went ahead and shut down everything again to deep clean. So yeah. it, they're taking things very seriously. And the film industry has it's usually been one where they just push us to work long, crazy hours. But many companies like Warner Brothers are taking things very seriously. It's one of the reasons I appreciate working for them. You may not know the show Black Lightning. You may not care anything about a superhero show, and that's fine. But you know what? I'm making a living, and I'm doing. I'm working with people that are very good at their crafts, and I'm working for a company that actually is taking things seriously and is doing everything they possibly can to make sure that we're feeling safe. Wow. Okay. So maybe uh, there there might be a time when you and I should do a part two just to dive into expand upon some of that stuff because I'd love to get some of that. Um, before we got to jump off here, uh, I'm just going to ask you just the one core question that I've asked absolutely everybody on the Pivot Project, uh, which is a tough question. So feel free to take a second to think about it. Um, and if there's an extra long pause, I will cut it out so you don't look silly, unless you prefer I leave it in, in which case I'm happy to. Uh, the question is, how would you describe 2020 for you in one word? 
I'm assuming I can't use profanity. <laughs> would, uh, I, I'm thinking cluster and then another word uh, as part of it, but uh, I shouldn't use that. You can use that. Uh, that would that, that that is probably the most descriptive word that I could I could. It, <laughs> it, we saw answer. everything. We saw everything fall apart. We saw yeah. our personal interactions. Yeah. Vacations we were we were going to try to take suddenly got shut down. People couldn't travel internationally. It, it was like, you know, we we started to see people that were so stir crazy they were going out and causing trouble. We started seeing people that started street racing and fighting people just because they had nothing else to do. We started seeing uh, countries and cultures butting heads with each other simply because they had nothing else to do. Politicians were at each other's throats and putting their own politics above lives in such crazy ways that it was just, it was, it was, it was dumbfounded. And, and it was, and in the meantime, we saw everybody you know, put against everybody for no real reason. Yeah. We saw every individual that, that I know. I'm, I'm my, one of my former bosses, one of the best people I know, is currently in the hospital right now, uh, not looking too good so far, but fighting for fighting uh, sepsis, COVID, and pneumonia. So it's like, you know, it's not looking good for him. But, and that's all just was because it's, it's this Jim off from last year. He, he was inside pretty much all of last year. And, he just started to go out again. Yeah. So, and now he's yeah. in the hospital. So it's just, well, but it changed everything. I would say game changing, yeah. life changing is another great way to put it. But yeah, the one word that comes to my mind is a cluster in that word simply because, yeah. because we saw everything change, yeah. everything changed and nobody knew how to react. Leaders didn't know how to be leaders. Then we saw leadership yeah. fail, yeah. not just in, in, in one political party, but everyone local, national. We saw our companies fail. We saw, you know, even our local, uh, you know, churches weren't able to get their messages out. We yeah. saw everything change. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I, I, you know what? The everything word, changed. The word does work. It, it, it was, that's a perfect, uh, perfect way to describe it. Um, we definitely need to have you back for a part two. Because um, I feel like I'm cutting this short. Unfortunately, that's the way the timing's working today. Uh, but what I uh, I will make sure that sound speeds um, is in the description, the show notes of wherever people are watching or listening to this. Anywhere else you want people to find you? Soundspeeds.us is a great place, and just YouTube.com/forward/slash/soundspeeds. And awesome. uh, you know, I have plenty of I have over 300 videos there where I'm blabbing about sound. And <laughs> if you reach out to me via email, expect a reply. Awesome. Well, hey, Alan, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to do this today. Good luck uh, with getting back on set. You back on set in the morning early? On Monday. Ah, not you today, a day but off. on Monday. You got a day a off. Day, oh, oh, I get the weekends off, yeah. Sleep, enjoy it, something. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Will do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Brian.